1: Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. It is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2017. Today, we are talking about SmackDown, the Survivor Series post uh, SmackDown. And Raj, who do we have for a guest today?
2: We got Josh Eisenberg with Wrestling Inc. and uh, CSR. Josh, uh, thanks for joining us.
0: Absolutely, guys. It's good to be back. I'm excited to talk about some SmackDown with you guys.
2: Yeah, it's twice in one week because Josh was also yeah. with us with the post-nXT takeover podcast. So thanks oh, for nice. joining us again. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So last night the show opened. Um actually, Raj, let's talk about the big news that's breaking while we're going to air that you mentioned before. Um,
2: sure. Why don't you start that? I'm just updating yeah. one thing. So real quick.
1: for 2018, there are going to be 14 pay-per-views in the WWE and five are going to be co-branded money in the bank which we've talked about was essentially you know not the big four the big five pay-per-views money in the bank is officially elevated to that status now with it being a co-branded pay-per-view for next year so there will be five raw pay-per-views four smackdown pay-per-views and five co-branded pay-per-views um josh what do you make of this uh the idea of co-branding money in the
0: bank I think everybody thought Money in the Bank was unofficially one of the big four surpassing Survivor Series in the past handful of years just because of how important the pay-per-view ends up being for the future. I'm excited for it. Um, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be a Money in the Bank ladder match with multiple superstars from each brand or they're going to have a briefcase for each show, which that could be a little convoluted (laughs) – But I like the idea of Money in the Bank getting the opportunity for Raw and SmackDown to do it, put a couple of championship matches on there. We've seen they do better booking overall when they have four or five weeks of both shows instead of two or three weeks between pay-per-views. So I think Money in the Bank with both brands is going to be a big step up for for the show, uh, for the pay-per-views all around in 2018. Definitely. And I wonder how they'll do that with the match.
2: Yeah, my guess would be that they would have guys from both brands in in the Money in the Bank match. They've done that before, right? Where they've had, Raw they had and Smackdown. a
0: SmackDown. I think they had a SmackDown ladder match and then a Raw one. Whenever they had, um, I believe like when Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater and those guys were involved. I don't necessarily know if it was superstars from each show. I, they could have done it for one year, but I, I can't remember.
2: Yeah, I think now, now that you have the women's uh, oh, Money in yeah. the Bank match, then otherwise, you know, then what do you have four? Which seems four like a lot. So
0: <laughs> four ladder matches. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I think having uh, both brands in in the same match kind of. Makes it a little more interesting, uh, a little less predictable, even though, you know, usually the, the winner is not that predictable. They usually go with someone kind of out of left field. Um, so, and,
0: and I think it would be great if you had, you know, say four guys on each show compete. You have eight men for a ladder match, um, and then you have the winner of that basically cashing in with either brand. I think that's a big thing that they could do is give that um, unpredictability. You know, if he's a raw superstar, he can cash in on a SmackDown world champion. So I think that gives you more opportunities for guys shifting shows. And we've seen after the draft, you know, a year later, a superstar shakeup. They're not, um, you know, scared of shifting guys to different shows after six or eight months. Yeah. Do you think this year they've waited so long with Carmella that most people have finally
1: forgotten at this point?
2: You know a lot of times when they do that that's about when they make the yeah do the the cash in um so yeah i mean they're not mentioning it and usually um usually that's a sign
0: and i think it's interesting as well you had the rematch between natalia and Charlotte on SmackDown Live. I thought that would have been a great, uh, would have been a great opportunity for, for Carmelo to cash in, but then you obviously saw the, the women debuting from NXT. Um, I don't think it's been too long because I think when you forget about it for a while, it makes it feel a lot better. I mean, look at Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, he carried the briefcase mm. around for such a long time, but people, when they saw finally Dolph Ziggler coming in and cashing in, they're like, oh, about time. Thankfully, <laughs> yeah. Ziggler's cashing in and everybody wanted it, and it was the perfect moment. I just want her to cash in before WrestleMania because I think if you continue to prolong it um, for whatever reason, you know, she doesn't have James Ellsworth anymore and she's not being utilized at all, really. Um, So they've got to do something sooner rather than later with Carmella. Yeah, especially with these call-ups
1: that happen. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about that. But uh, man, the women's division, SmackDown had a problem before of uh, most of the women getting lost in the shuffle by being grouped together and now (laughs) even more so. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of crazy, kind of crazy it. week, man. So, um, let's talk about the opening of the show last night. Had Shane Shane O'Mac call down Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, chastised them for their behavior at Survivor Series in the main event. There, essentially blaming them, saying it cost uh, SmackDown Live the Survivor Series five on five match. Uh, he was going to fire them. They really lampshaded that hard throughout the uh, night. And Daniel Bryan came out set them up for a lumberjack match for later in the evening. So, yeah, you know, I know for years, or not years, for months, for the better part of this year, I've been saying, man, more Sammy, more Kevin. Uh, How do you you guys think it's going, having them be the main storyline? I mean, this got more time than AJ Styles did last night.
2: I I personally thought this was the only good thing on the show. Uh, So I was all for it. I, I think Kevin and Sammy have been great in this role. I think... Um, when Shane was telling Daniel, "Oh, so you're gonna fire him afterwards?" It really telegraphed that they weren't, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think Owens and Sammy are tremendous in this role. So, so I, yeah. I, I dug it.
0: I agree as well with you, Raj. I think uh, Sammy and Kevin. Sammy is such a cocky, unlikable guy now. Whenever he was so much liked by everybody, and all he's doing is dancing around like a fool. So he's really just embracing the fact that he is this over-the-top, cheesy but arrogant, you know, heel. And that's perfect because Kevin Owens isn't that. He's the complete opposite of Sammy Zayn. He walks down straight to the ring, looks like he's going to fight somebody. Um, but so that's what they—that's what they do, and I like that a lot. I thought this was the best part and the only really interesting part of a SmackDown show that didn't have Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, Dolph Ziggler, AJ Styles, Jinder Mahal in matches. Uh, They really focused on the tag team division a little bit here um, with with the Bludgeon Brothers and stuff like that. But I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh, could potentially get in the tag team division. I think that they would give more credibility to it. I just... I want to see what their overall game plan is because Kevin Owens already had that big payoff match. You thought with Shane McMahon. So who's next for him to face? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, AJ, right. I mean, this Randy Orton thing. (sighs) They've
2: done They've done AJ to death. It looks like Orton. I mean, Orton's facing him next week. They're booked on live events.
1: Ticket to nowhere. A feud with Randy Orton.
2: I mean, if Owens comes out on top, at least it, it gives him a little, a little something that he's beating a top guy. Um, but Orton's just been so stale for a while that I, I, I'm not excited about that feud at all.
0: Yeah, I think with that feud as well, you have Randy Orton, who's a great in-ring performer. But you're right, Rosh, his gimmick, his his character has been so stale. Uh, even when they tried to do too much with the House of Horrors match earlier this <laughs> year and having him yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and having him feud with Bray Wyatt, they tried to do more with him. And I mean, the, lighting the the uh, outhouse or whatever it was on fire was, was <laughs> probably the coolest thing that – that Randy Orton has done, but that's saying cool, so all the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, does a, a victory against Randy Orton really mean anything for anybody anymore?
2: Right. And yeah, I mean, that Bray Wyatt feud, I mean, it was kind of like really high ups and really high downs because I thought when Orton was in the Wyatt family, it was the most interesting he'd been in years. But then the payoff to that with the House of Horrors was some of the worst stuff I've ever seen him in. So <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. But yeah, he's just—he's just kind of there. Like you forget about him until they mention his name. That's you know, like last night when they're like, "I sent Randy Orton home." I was like, "Oh yeah, Randy Orton." <laughs> Randy
0: Orton home. <laughs> he was so mad he couldn't be in the building. I mean, he was a- going <laughs> <laughs> to Randy Orton
1: showed up, and he cared so much—too much, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get him out of the building. Oh man. Um,
2: By the way, I'm trying a different camera today and so i don't know if the lighting's any better if it's worse let me know and i'll just switch it switch it
1: over that's fun it's fun um so first match of the night Uso versus shelton benjamin the feud continues
2: it's creative on do they have thanksgiving week off because that seems very un-wwe-ish you know (laughs) because i thought this show was oh man i thought it was first of all this they've they been doing this forever we're feuding tag teams you have feuding tag teams in a singles match Mm -hmm. and you know this was predictable as hell but um other than that i mean it was it was fine for what it was i mean the match itself was good but
0: did did either of you notice that it seemed like shelton benjamin chad gable during the match played more of the heels Oh yeah, you, you had Gable. You had Gable on the outside interfere for Benjamin. Um, you, obviously, the fans are loving what the Usos are doing because they recreated themselves outside of that face paint that carried them so long in WWE. But now you have uh, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. Benjamin's not completely over. Gable's not completely over. I wouldn't be surprised if they just let those guys be more of heels. And, and yeah, you know. Just, and it seems like Benjamin's just lost a step since returning. He doesn't seem as explosive. He doesn't seem as exciting in the ring than when we remember him. It could be age. It could be him adding on an additional fifteen, twenty pounds of muscle. It just, I like the idea of Gable and Benjamin, but it's just not clicking for me right now.
2: I think they are heels. I think yeah. Gable and and Benjamin like kind of are officially heels. Mm-hmm. Um, like a couple of weeks ago when they they started doing the you know the backstage stuff where they're being all cocky, I think was kind of. They're heel turn, but I think they're a lot better that way, uh, especially Gable. Benjamin's just kind of there. Um, I, I, I just felt like him being put into this tag team right off the bat just did him no favors. Oh, and,
1: uh, and it was absurd how it was sort of like, Jason Jordan's gone, here's your new partner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah um no i think uh, their heel turn was complete when they went to do the handshake then the psych with the hair move i mean come on guys we all yeah. know since the 80s if you do that, <laughs> you're an
0: asshole yeah you know? yeah but i think the thing with benjamin and gable is you know i'm still going to give them an opportunity to win me over um but neither of them are great on the mic it's really it really is benjamin and haas again with both guys that just kind of struggle connecting with the crowd whether it's. Face or heel? So I wonder if the heel gimmick's actually going to work because I don't know if they're going to be able to connect. And, and I mean, you can only do so much in saying, "Oh, we're in Houston, Texas. You guys suck. You can't win." You know, like you can only say the hometown heat for so much and give that to so many heels to to get that instant reaction. Yeah. So
1: uh, Benjamin won that with Pay Dirt to pin Jay Uso last night, uh, and the feud continues. Oh, man, the Usos are so good right now. I just just want to see them. I mean, God, could you imagine the the Usos versus Kevin and Sammy like, as a feud? I mean, that would be really electric, you know, with how all of them are on the mic and whatnot. And I think that's the problem is I feel like one side is carrying all of these feuds that they have going on right now. They don't have a lot of great equally matched guys. Um... So let's talk backstage. Owens and Zayn, we're talking to Baron Corbin. It's a cute little vignette. They talked to Bobby Roode, uh, trying to get his help. and he's They have the...
2: sucked the charisma out of Bobby Roode. Ugh. He's just another guy now.
1: I, wasn't it that way in NXT also, though? I mean, the fact he was a heel, it wasn't that he was massively charismatic and likable. It was that he played the heel role really, yeah. really, really well.
2: Yeah, it, it fit him. Like, his. Yeah. He, he was more... Uh, you know his style was more accustomed to heel and, and, and in a face he just seems lost
0: and i think the thing with bobby Roode in nxt is he he didn't have the most charisma in the entire world but when he comes out and says i wear custom-made suits i wear expensive <laughs> shoes i mean this yeah. is stuff that rick flair said in the 80s but it sounds uh not better than rick flair but it kind of uh, is is, is up to date you know yeah. it's up to date when you see a guy like bobby Roode who carried and possessed himself like, he was head and shoulders above anybody else. But you're right. Now, in SmackDown, on that roster, he kind of just comes off as another guy, a guy in a robe. He kind of comes off rope. as Charlotte Flair's you know, nephew or, or – <laughs> yeah. not nephew, her uncle. But, you know, it just – it doesn't connect. Yeah. Yeah.
2: SmackDown's yet, got some problems, and I think uh, yeah. tonight just highlighted it in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. So uh, backstage, Naomi was getting her makeup done when, lo and behold, attacked. Yeah. yeah attacked by ruby riot who brought along Liv morgan and sarah logan with her um talk about things i didn't see coming josh what do you what do you think of this uh call up to uh bring smackdown on the same level to give parody to what happened uh with raw monday night with paige and her crew
0: i might be in the minority here by saying i actually didn't mind this and i'll tell you why i didn't mind it because in nxt you have all of these people that are awaiting to be called up that the fans think are established and they're ready to go on raw and smackdown and as we've seen over the past year, year and a half, a lot of those people don't pan out, whether it's tag teams like the Ascension, whether it's the Vaude villains. I mean, the list goes on and on of really good talents that got over in NXT. Whenever you saw Ruby Riot, I mean, even Monday nights, but even when you saw Ruby Riot, um, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan, they really didn't get a huge push in NXT, so they're still kind of fresh yeah. to the WWE universe. So I think that gives Vince McMahon and the head writers on SmackDown an opportunity to use these women how they see fit, not how they were in NXT. So that transition could be a little bit easier for them. Uh, the fact that they mocked the exact storyline that Raw did, they could have done something else that was a little bit better. But maybe the grand scheme of things is these NXT talents are coming up together. They're just put on separate shows. They're trying to overtake the entire women's division on both shows.
2: I thought it was... I, I agree with you, Josh, about the call-ups. I think First of all, I think if, if they they were doing so many singles, women's feuds that they were running out that they needed to call ups. You know, that would be one thing, but they haven't really been doing that. They just clump them all together every week. So it'd be interesting to see if they start breaking away from that pattern. But I thought it makes SmackDown look so much like the B show by copying the exact same angle as raw. And the but without the star power of page.
1: Yeah. You know, okay. and,
2: and you have a lesser version of what you did on raw. And I mean, it's the exact same thing. You got the, the MMA girl, you know, with Sarah Logan and the goth girl with, you know, Ruby Riot, and then the blonde with uh, Liv Morgan. So it was like the exact copy of what they did on Raw, but a lesser version of it. And I think it just, you know, you they're, like- they're going out of their way, it feels like, at times to make SmackDown look like the inferior brand. And I they killed the brand split last time. Uh, you know, after a while of them doing that, that's what led to them, you know, stopping doing the, you know, the, the separate live events. And then eventually having them all on the same show and they're not learning by their mistakes. You got to make them both strong. Even if one gets lower ratings than the other, once you start making one, the weaker brand, it's going to, fans are going to perceive it that way. Not want to spend money on it.
0: Would you have booked somebody else instead of Ruby riots for the Smackdown invasion Mm -hmm. to give that star power or somebody else aside from Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan?
2: No, just do something completely different. Okay. Uh, you know, you have Ruby Riot wrestle a match and you have Liv Morgan introduce Backstall, say yeah, introduce backstage and maybe a promo for Sarah Logan, you know, like just mix it up. Just don't do exactly the same exactly thing you did the on the Bro- thing. Yeah.
1: Exactly the same thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you have Daniel Bryan just talking to all three, just you know, them saying like, you know, with all these NXT stars, we'd like to get a shot. And then he books them in separate matches. There's so many different ways you could do it. Um instead of just copying what they did on Raw. But yeah. I I'm all like I said, I'm all for them calling them up. I just didn't like the way that they were presented. In, well, you know, and exact same angle, except they, <laughs> you know, the, the backstage segment came first as opposed to interfering in the match, whereas on Raw, they interfered in the match first and then did the backstage attack.
1: Yeah, the crazy thing is when's the last time with an NXT call-up that they did it like this where no champion I mean you know not someone that was a champion, not someone that was the been the main event of the division or even really the secondary storylines of the division
0: probably you know. apollo cruz and baron corbin right i mean they had yeah. mid-card matches in nxt um and you saw what happened with apollo cruz obviously he's all talent no charisma as i think vincent Rand put it but yeah. um that's the only time that i can remember but i actually like that though because yeah. whenever you have these people succeed so much at nxt they're uh they're roofed might be a little limited they might not be able to reach their fullest potential because they were so over in nxt it's hard to be over consistently in little rock arkansas in denver colorado and, and all across the country each week compared to full Sail university for a month or two months and then one big city you know once every three months
1: well but the difference is with the exception of ruby have any of these women between raw and smackdown ever had a match even on a takeover no no
2: sarah nope. logan was in the may young classic which of these women were in the Mae Young Classic? I know Sarah Logan was. Was Ruby yes.
0: Riot? Ruby Riot was not. Uh, Sarah Logan was. Um, I also believe that so- um, um What is? I can't I'm losing her name. The MMA. Sonya, De- Sonya Deville. Um, Deville. Sonya Deville. I think she was in there as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, um, the only thing with Sarah Logan is she's an independent wrestler for about six years, um, and getting called into NXT. I saw her being fast tracked. I just. She seemed like the type of person that wouldn't be there for a while. I mean, think about it like this. It's a weird comparison, but we didn't see Braun Strowman in NXT, really. And he was there, and he immediately got called up, and he was in no matches. So I hold out hope that they're able to get something out of these women because they are fresh to 75%, 80% of the audience. I, I
2: agree with you 100%. Like the same thing with AJ Styles. By having him in the Royal Rumble as opposed to coming through NXT. Yeah. It's a surprise. It's a shock. Um, But you got to have a plan. Like when they just brought Apollo Crews and then within a couple of weeks are doing nothing with him, (laughs) uh, you know, then it kind of ruins the whole uh, the whole point of it. But yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, I'm totally for them not having someone in NXT forever just to, you know, keep it fresh. But again, uh, have a plan like they did with Braun, you know, putting him in the Wyatts, building him up slow and they got a superstar out of it.
1: We'll see what happens, man. I'm just worried these th- three women are going to get lost in the shuffle more. I mean, on Raw, you know, with Paige, Paige is going to be a main women's storyline. It could very well be Paige, Alexa, and Asuka that carry the Raw women's division going forward. I think Bailey and Sasha might get lost in the shuffle. On SmackDown, I mean, who knows, man? We were talking about they, they book these women like they're the Spice Girls. They're always together. Yeah. you know, they're a group, and uh, now we got three more. Liv Morgan, man, I think Liv Morgan has a ton of talent in the ring. I think yeah. her promos are okay. Her gimmick is Carmella 2.0. Um,
2: was it just it, was it just me, or did she look a lot like Mandy Rose last night? She
1: looks a ton like Mandy Rose now, yeah. even mm-hmm. more so. She's changed her makeup a little bit, but um,
2: a, a couple of people um pointing out in the chat that um, Sonia was not in the Mayon Classic.
0: Oh, um, I thought she was. Oh, Shayna Balzar was. I'm Shayna Baszler, oh, the yeah. Other, Baszler. Yeah, yeah, she's the other MMA girl. But yeah, okay.
1: that's the thing. We were talking about this. She's a
2: legit thing. MMA girl. I mean, I'm not, yeah. Sonya's done some amateur fights, but, you know, Shayna Baszler was in the UFC.
1: Yeah. With May Young, I mean, with these uh, tournaments, they build up everyone as such a character and give them their own personality and they're different. And that's what I think was the only thing disappointing. It's no discredit to these women. It's just that. If I was booking SmackDown and I wanted to do something different, I'd look at the May Young and say, "Okay, who are the big characters? Who's someone that's a different personality? Who's someone that's going to shake it up?" Um, and I don't know that this is
0: going to do that. But the but attack
1: what, Becky sold like crazy last night backstage on that beatdown.
0: Yeah, some of the people I think in the May Young Classic that I might have been a little surprised that I uh, could have taken a spot maybe for Sarah Logan or, or even Liv Morgan. Um, I mean Mercedes Martinez, she was the one that had, in my opinion, the most heel. You know, the most heel skills in that and i mean she's you've seen her in nxt a little bit she faced i think ember moon last week um just a couple of backstage promos she has that natural ability she's been around forever in the indie scene she's finally signed to wwe mercedes martinez has the look where she could just look like she can kick your butt you know she looks like the type of woman that will go after anybody and knock her down tat it up probably about five foot ten she's a tall girl um aside from her though a lot of the nxt or the uh, may young classic women were kind of just ordinary you know mm. Yeah,
2: Russell Murray pointing out the the women's rumble, and that's kind of what I saw when yeah. Yeah. when I saw it last night. Bringing up six women oh, that they're probably gonna you know do a women's Royal Rumble. And...
1: Hashtag women's rumble. They'll probably yeah. start it in two or three and, weeks. And instead
2: of having NXT talent, just bring NXT talent up. But yeah. I, I totally see that.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: Yeah, well, you know, you were mentioning the mayon Classic. I, there's a couple others like Jazzy. What's her name? Jazzy Gabert.
0: Jazzy yeah. Gobert, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: She's, uh, she's got, a, she's not that great in the ring, but she's got the look, and um, you know, she's different. So she's someone I could see them using as well. And then you know, Tessa Blanchard. I'm, I'm still surprised. Why
1: haven't they signed Tessa Blanchard?
0: I don't get that.
2: It, it yeah, it. Yeah, it I, I don't get it. I think they might have.
0: Well, even Rachel Ellering too. recently. I mean, she's has that yeah. bloodline too. It's surprising that they haven't, you know, really invested a lot of money or time into them yet.
2: Yeah, and I think you know in NXT you got a lot of women that are ready. Uh, Peyton Royce, I'm surprised they haven't called her up. You know, with Everyone all these colors. Everyone was
1: predicting that last night. Peyton and Billy. People thought that was going to be the interference.
2: Yeah, so maybe they got plans. I guess they need you know Amber Moon needs a feud, and her and Peyton. I, I you know I can see that. I can see that being good. So, yeah. so maybe that's that's why.
1: Yeah, Women's Rumble. It'll happen in January. Um last night another debut finally it happened in the ring the hype bros took on the bludgeon brothers so like they took he, K-
2: kane's outfit and just yeah. kind of rearranged
1: it a little bit <laughs> yeah Josh, how are you feeling about the bludgeon brothers
0: uh, yeah, uh okay they're okay um their entrance um looked like it could be interesting they could add some things to it i don't think that's all we're going to get each week I've always been a huge fan of, of uh, Luke Harper, not a huge fan of Eric Rowan, and that's kind of where my split is on a 50-50 feel about these guys. Um, Harper's too talented to not be consistently used on SmackDown. I mean, he's one of the most fluent big men that I've seen in quite some time in the ring. You know, he's 265 pounds. He's actually sh- shredded so a bunch of weight from his beginnings in the Wyatt family. He looks great. I'm interested to see what their plan is for this because I feel like they could be a two, three month gimmick where they completely roll over tag teams and then they put over main event guys. Maybe they put over somehow an Owens and Zane or, you know, they kind of lose all of their steam. I'm just, I'm not sold on them yet. I don't think that it's a long-term plan is in place for these guys. And
2: we've seen this tag team for years. Yeah. it's not like they're pulling the wool over people's eyes, and people are thinking it's new. You just changed their outfit and got a you know a different name, but they look exactly the same, other than that. You know, like Luke Harper. Like we've been talking about this forever. He's too talented for them to just waste him. And you know, I just think you know when we're talking about the NXT collops, what if they had a storyline where he was dating like uh, Ruby Wright or Liv Morgan? Or, yeah, let's say Liv Morgan, and she you know, has him change and shave the beard and start getting all preppy. And he's like, you know, they could do something. Yeah. Um, you,
1: you know, Raj, the WWE is hiring a writer. Yeah, I saw
2: that's that. That's why
1: he's pulling his cards out right now. Like, <laughs> hell no. I would, I would never, <laughs> never every want fan, that job. <laughs> every fan should submit to that job. And just when you're pitching, put a resume, you just put, I've been watching wrestling for years. Here are my story ideas. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. You come up with all these great story ideas and Vince just goes, nah. <laughs> Cause that's what I, you know, you hear about fans complaining about creative a lot. And then you just hear about how many cool ideas are just turned away and they just end up sticking with the same old, same old. And, you know, that's Vince.
1: Yep. I don't even think Vince knows what it all means. I think he just.
2: Yeah. I think he's out of touch creatively. He's, he's obviously a great businessman. WWE's on fire as, as a business, but um, creatively, I mean, he seems out of touch. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Hashtag under siege. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: you
0: repeated enough and it becomes a thing.
2: The, the one time a year when Ron SmackDown are in head-to-head
0: competition. i <laughs> heard that probably 300 times in that last month that we – I'm surprised we last up. night. I'm yeah. surprised
1: last night that I was waiting for it because they were talking about Survivor Series. I was like, just come on get the lining, guys. Um, yeah, last Sunday, the only
2: time Ron SmackDown were in head-to-head competition.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Um. So, yeah, the Bludgeon Brothers. I like their finisher. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. But those bodysuits, I mean, they look like they're 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 old-timey acrobats.
2: Yeah, so, you know, I was mentioning a couple weeks ago, I'm like, with the promos, I was like, is this supposed to be campy? Like, they're going (laughs) to be kind of a comedy deal. But, I mean, they did what you're supposed to do with, I I guess, not a debuting tag team, but a re-debuting tag team. But it just comes across as too hokey.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people kind of compared it to the Ascension. You know, they came out looking like they're from another planet or another world and n- they didn't necessarily have the face paint, but it was too hokey. You're right. It was too, it was too much when all they could have really done is just come out with, you know, they didn't have to do this ridiculous looking outfit. Um, I don't, I don't think that they're going to have this outfit for weeks and weeks. I think somebody's going to be smart and wise up and say, okay, let's take this corny part out. Let's take this corny part out and, and kind of put it together. So I think it's still a work in progress. I just, the name doesn't roll off your tongue, oh, like no. the Bludgeon Brothers. Like it's just that's a 1990s, even a 1980s tag team name. You know, like the Legion of Doom, the Bludgeon Brothers, uh, you know, Demolition. Like that doesn't really work anymore.
1: And I have yeah. to say, I give them credit. I predicted, predicted for weeks they were going to spell it B L O O D, Bludgeon, <laughs> and they did uh, it.
2: They, they, uh... yeah. so The Road Warriors is still a cool name.
0: Well, <laughs> but would it get over now? Is what I'm saying. Like.
2: Yeah, well, they, with the scripted promos that they get, they're definitely not. Oh, that's true.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I mean, and the outfits, I guess, you know,
1: Eric Rowan was wearing a potato sack before. So, I mean, this is uh, maybe a step
0: up.
2: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, Luke Harper doesn't look like a janitor anymore. So, that's true.
0: That's true. We're complaining that about. Was, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> that would have been actually an awesome gimmick for Harper. Like, you just out
1: there mopping, you know, yeah, like, pl- so you I mean, he's always dumpster. just
2: plumbing the toilet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: oh man um so yeah the bludgeon brothers won the poor hype bros they can't even turn on each other and get a feud a singles feud out of this it's uh just that that's got to be weird they're just sort of stuck in this in this role with no momentum i mean mojo won the you know arm bar uh this year
0: <laughs> I mean, he won the what
1: <laughs> the, arm uh, the andre. No, andre andre yeah
2: yeah, I mean, I said it then, and people were like, "Well, give it a chance," but that was just done as a to get ESPN play for uh, uh, Gronk.
0: Yeah, he
1: was yeah. given tours backstage to kids, man. I mean, you know, he was their guy
0: <laughs> yeah. potentially. It's really strange though when you look at it. I mean, you had Baron Corbin win the Andre Battle Royal. You had Mojo Rawley. At least Baron got something out of it. Mojo yeah. got nothing. I mean, he was not seen on TV for weeks for maybe up to two months after that, or, you know, a couple of weeks after that. So, um, I mean, the hype bros are just, again, they're a very cheesy, hyped up group of tag, te- a group of guys that they put together as a tag team because it kind of worked in NXT for a little bit. But I never saw a future for these guys. I feel bad for Ryder. I think people still um, genuinely like Zack Ryder. Uh, sure. But at the same time, I don't think any of the, either of these guys... I'll be honest with you, if he wasn't connected to Rob Gronkowski and he didn't have those ties that WWE always loves, I don't know if Raleigh would have a job in WWE.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Um, So, we had AJ come out and uh, talk about what's next. We talked about this Monday, but they made it official that the rematch did not happen this week between jinder and aj saving that for clash of the champions next week we're getting aj versus the Singh brothers in a two-on-one handicap match oh why why do they drag these things out that were never that exciting to begin with i mean when you have a feud that is pure filler why does it need to go for so long i mean this is i don't know i mean I know. What do, you, what do you think, Josh? I mean, is this doing anything for you, this dragging out of Jinder being in the main event
0: picture against someone like AJ? It doesn't, Glenn, and I think that I'm not even surprised about it because with the holidays, WWE tends to um, just throw things to the wall and, you know, they kind of hype, uh, ramp themselves up for Royal Rumble. Um, you, you'll get sometimes at the Royal Rumble some interesting world championship matches that you think, wow, these are kind of out of the blue. But putting these guys together a Clash of Champions, you have to have a championship match there somehow. I hate the involvement of the Singh brothers each week because, I mean, Styles just throws those guys around. You know, they just threw him around on SmackDown. So why would we care if the Singh brothers beat AJ Styles? It, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, it's a bigger picture, obviously. I think Jinder's going to um, fall after Clash of Champions down the ladder. He's going to be a mid-card guy at best. I think this is it for Mahal. Um, not to his discredit, I think he's done everything he could. And best he had a pretty – the best he could. Yeah, the best he could for what they were giving him um but at the same time like you said earlier he was in a feud with randy orton for a while and we know those feuds aren't about um character development they're basically just about randy orton having a legacy and people trying to break that legacy yeah
2: yeah i think uh i mean they needed to blow off this feud and i don't know what else they could put you know for clash of champions that that wouldn't feel rushed you know for aj so it's it's something i you know and I i kind of agree i think that's kind of the end at the top for gender for now. And I've been saying it for a while, get, you know, get him some steam on the undercard, um, you know, put him in feuds with guys that can go and have him get better in the ring. And then, you know, if you still want to push him down the road, you know, maybe you could, I don't think it's necessarily the end for good, um, because you do see people improve and you do see injuries and stuff where they're forced to, you know, make, uh, brush decisions and, and, you know, pull someone up. But, um, yeah, I guess the original plan was for Jinder and Cena at WrestleMania. So I'm wondering if they're going to go with AJ and Cena. Hmm.
1: Again, yeah.
2: that's. I think that's way better. Um, I mean, AJ and Cena, you know, torn it up in the past. Their, their match at the Royal Rumble, that was this year, right? Man, that feels like a long time yeah, ago.
0: Man, the Royal Rumble this
2: it year. It was one of the best matches of the year.
0: Wouldn't you be surprised? Some- wouldn't you not be surprised, though, if they put AJ Styles versus heel Randy Orton trying to give Orton another opportunity to main event in a championship match? Like, that wouldn't surprise me, though, because we <laughs> haven't really seen AJ and Orton.
2: Yeah, they did it on SmackDown once. Yeah. Or or twice. Without, well, like, yeah, right.
0: like, a lengthy feud that there's a draw, or there's, a, there's a payout, and they draw it out for three
2: months. Yeah, times. yeah, for sure. And, and but the one thing I was going to say is, their matches on SmackDown, I thought were totally bland. You know? Like, I thought... I thought uh, AJ's match with Jinder was better than this matches with Orton.
0: I agree.
1: Yeah, Orton's just it's so blank. Um, so it's just really disappointing because I think they could give him something to do, but it's just not happening.
2: It's also weird with AJ that sometimes um, the people you assume he's going to have great matches with, uh, he doesn't necessarily have them. Like Kevin Owens, his feud with Kevin Owens was, just, you know, their matches were. Just there. They didn't really have that chemistry. They didn't vibe. Whereas, you know, AJ's having these killer matches with Roman Reigns and John Cena and Shane McMahon.
1: Yeah.
2: So,
0: and it took AJ three matches really to make it work uh, to a level that was, I would say, above average in their SummerSlam match. Right. Um, Their first match at Battleground had that uh, interesting pinfall that is just really strange but you're right Raj it's surprising to me because I think everybody can agree that AJ Styles is probably one of the best performers in the world um but at the same time you think oh wow this amazing performer in Styles uh should be having five star matches with Kevin Owens and with Sami Zayn and Randy Orton because these guys are are so fluent in the ring and AJ Styles can make anybody look good but sometimes it just doesn't happen and I wonder why that is I don't know that disconnect
1: do you think after last night's promo, they're going to do AJ versus Brock again at the rumble?
0: I don't know.
2: Do, I don't know if you want to, cause they're not going to beat Brock obviously. Yeah. So do you want to beat AJ twice? But yeah. who else do they got for Brock at the rumble? I guess they could do. I mean, if they do Samoa Joe or Braun, they're just beating those guys again. Yeah. Um, you could do like Seth Rollins to kind of build to Roman Reigns at, at mania. Um, yeah, I just don't know who you put in there because it's clear – Yeah, you know, obviously they're not doing Finn. Yeah. So – and Finn has a natural storyline. And it's not like the Brock matches the draw. No. You know, it's the Rumble itself. So I remember in the past they had like Brock versus Bob Holly at the Royal Rumble, yeah. you know? Like <laughs> yeah. they would just have throwaway tie- WWE championship matches because the draw is the Rumble. So I don't – I could.
1: Yeah. I could see them if they're building – which it seems like they are if they're building to Roman versus Brock, I could see that they do Brock versus Seth at one Brock versus Dean at the next raw pay-per-view they both lose. And then Roman comes in and the one man who could take down Brock Lesnar.
0: Yeah. yeah, I could see that happening. I could also see, I mean, they've done it before where um, Brock Lesnar gets thrown into a triple threat match. They did the you know the Cena, Seth Rollins, and Brock Lesnar triple threat match at Royal Rumble a few years ago. I wouldn't be surprised if they threw Seth and Dean together in a triple threat match against Brock Lesnar. I'm not sure how creatively you would script that, like how those guys would get the opportunities to do that. Um, but they can come up with something. I like Brock Lesnar in triple threat matches a lot. Yeah. Um, because it, you know we know what Brock Lesnar is going to do. We know Brock Lesnar can do more than suplexes, but he doesn't need to do more than suplexes. So a triple threat match gives you the opportunity to see other guys really make their work, or make their moves work in the ring against Brock Lesnar. And realistically speaking, all of us look at guys in WWE and say, yeah, realistically he can't beat Brock Lesnar. So why not try two guys?
2: Yeah, that's a good idea. And plus, you, you know, having Seth and Dean going after each other in the match also makes sense because it's for the title. So, uh, you know, obviously it would start off with them beating the crap out of Brock. But, um, yeah, I I like that idea.
1: Man, why can't the Shield get along and stay together?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I hope Brock re-signs because it's a lot of stock they're putting in Brock for one match, to lose one match, you know. Um, I'd like to see more guys get the rub off, you know, from him. And uh, having it just be Roman Reigns, I don't think it's going to do much – Take reigns much higher, whereas it could for someone like an AJ or you know countless other guys or Braun. Um,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Um, yeah,
1: oh man! So uh, Charlotte and Natalia got their rematch last night. Uh, of course, it was interfered by Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. So the Charlotte Natalia feud lives
0: on. This thing never ends. <laughs> it is the <laughs> never-ending women's feud from NXT all the way up. I have zero interest in Natalya. Um, I think she is a good performer in the ring. She doesn't garner a crowd reaction like you want for a heel. Um, every time I see her on there, and it's not she's a poor performer. There's just something about her when she comes out and I see her face Charlotte, or even times when I see her face Naomi, she's just – she doesn't draw. Like she just – she's a good wrestler, and that's pretty much it. Can you name like a great promo or a great storyline with Natalia? I – I don't. I, I don't ever see one.
2: And I think she's miscast. I think she's a natural baby face. It comes across that she's the nicest person. When she's doing these heel promos, it seems like a nice person playing wrestler. Um, <laughs> but she's so good in the ring. I just think she should be a babyface. And I think you could come up with a good storyline for her. I mean, I think almost all the women you could say, you can't really name a really good storyline because they don't really come up with great storylines for them. I mean, Charlotte and, you know, Sasha – I wouldn't say they had a great storyline. They just wrestled yeah, each other forever. Occurs, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I agree. This, this feud does nothing. I I mean, Natalia won the divas title for. Yeah. I'm um, I mean, not divas title. Sorry. The Smackdown women's title for total divas. Mm-hmm. And that's the story. It was a storyline on total divas. Yeah. So I guess now that, you know, total divas is that season wrapped up. they're They're airing it now. They don't need to have the title on her, but. You know, I don't know. I, I I agree that feud does nothing, but uh I guess who do they go with? Um
0: I, I still think you could do a Becky and Charlotte uh oh, feud. Yeah. I, they, I think that's something that you need.
2: I would say that for Mania because that's the best one I think they have.
0: Well, do you I think they go Naomi be-
2: for now because she was the last title holder and then move on to Becky.
0: Well, you don't think they have something with like Rousey and the yeah, full horse room with Charlotte? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that.
1: Um We'll see, man. I would love for them to do something with Becky. Uh, I think the problem with Charlotte, they've built Charlotte so much, and now to have her as champ, it's just I feel like that goes nowhere because she's just going to ha- hold on to that belt forever. Um, I,
2: I think you can do it right. I, yeah. I like that. I like the idea of that because otherwise it just keeps, uh, you know, it's hot potato with the title with the women. But and- isn't
1: that the reason why? I mean, wrestling, when it goes through its, its valleys as opposed to the peaks, I mean – I remember as a kid when Hogan had the belt forever, and it was the idea that well, Hogan's not going to lose, you know. It's like it just kind of becomes unexciting at that point. I mean, it's the same thing with Brock. That's the problem with the. Brock but that's matches.
2: and it, what you just mentioned. That's always when wrestling's the hottest is when you got I think these at guys at top. Hogan, you know, through his entire run, it, wrestling was super hot, and as soon as he lost, it kind of went started going downhill. Uh, the Attitude Era was Steve Austin on top, um, and you know, and The Rock and Triple H. And then once those guys kind of went down, you you know you had Cena who would win, lose a lot. It, it's not as interesting. I, I think people uh, it it make, it means something when those guys on top finally you know meet these obstacles or finally lose. And Brock, you know, when he does lose, it's going to be a big deal. And it was a big deal when he lost to Goldberg. That. That thing got, you know, a ton of publicity and it got media articles and, you know, over a fictional wrestling match, Undertaker, you know.
1: But you know what was weird about the Brock thing, though, with Goldberg is that was so unearned. I mean, it was surprising because it happened and it was like, when the hell are we watching here? Um,
2: You you don't need to earn, it's wrestling, you know. (laughs) If it fits the storyline, you know, Goldberg coming back, that spiked an interest last year. Um, Yeah ratings were dipping hard and then Goldberg came back and it jumped up like 15, 20%. And I get
1: that. But think about the match that Brock had with, with Braun. And it was like, oh my God, Braun's doing this. Think about the match Brock had with Samoa Joe where it was like, wow, this is really an intense match for Brock Lesnar. Think about even with AJ where it was AJ was getting in the offense and how brutal it was with going in there. If you would have had a victory at the end of that scenario, it would have been, I think it would have meant something more where Goldberg just came out, did this, you know, spear, 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 and it was over in three minutes against brock that just felt i don't know ch- cheap thin just kind of not- no i know what
0: you mean there wasn't a lot of depth to it i i understand what you're trying to say there um yeah. i still and even though it's been said that it was only supposed to be a one-off and they didn't have any further plans i don't know why you booked that match if you didn't have a slight inclination that goldberg was going to stay past that night yeah um because i don't think you do the 90 second squash on Brock Lesnar, who's not your champion, but who's been one of the most dominant superstars in WWE for such a long time that you have a 51-year-old Goldberg come in and just squash him. He already got the ratings. People already yeah. bought the pay-per-view, so it wasn't like they were doing it for the buys. They already bought it. They were already watching it. So I still think that there was a small inclination, whether it was Vince or Triple H, that look at our ratings since Goldberg's come back. They've spiked. We can get him to continue with a couple of more matches. And then you saw, obviously, you had the Royal Rumble, and then you saw Fastlane, and then WrestleMania – um you're right though raj a spike of 10 15 or 20 you know, 20 whatever the the fa- uh, exact numbers were that's enough for them to say well let's rule with this guy as much as we can let's get as yeah. much more we can out of him because they didn't get much out of him the first wwe
2: run no. and you don't bring back goldberg just to you know be you know treat it treat them like you're doing matt hardy right now yeah. so yeah. it's, it's, it's a it's a business decision but <laughs> josh really quick to your point uh, originally the plan was for a one-off and that Lesnar was going to win at survivor series. And then once they agreed to more appearances and came up with the contract, that's that, which happened before survivor series, that's when uh, they went with the decision to have Goldberg beat him quick and do the rematch at mania. But, um, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I I think that Goldberg, to to your point, Glenn, with, with Brock losing, I, I mean, I think he should do lose more after mania. Um, you know, not all the time, but where it makes sense to people that you're building. And, um, but I, I, I still think it wouldn't mean anything if he had been losing all the time up until this point or losing often. Oh.
1: So. Yeah, no, it does mean something I mean, when they do lose eventually, of course. Um, but then you have to put the, the toothpaste back in the tube, as it were, and yeah. make it compelling. So I think for Brock, if Brock loses to Roman and Mania, Brock going away for a while isn't the worst thing um, because then when he comes back, you know he just gets his uh, reasserts his dominance and I think he's yeah. gonna be back at that level which is kind of how they booked him I mean with how infrequently he appears he never has the stigma of a loser even when he loses
0: Yeah. And I mean, even kind of taking this back to the main point of Charlotte being above everybody else, I mean, but she's lost multiple times. She's lost the championship uh, after three, four weeks. So as much as everybody knows that Charlotte Flair is the best women's performer that they have, um, it wouldn't be surprising to me if she dropped the title next month. If Carmella Cash is in in December, then you maybe get a Carmella Charlotte feud to take you into January and February. Um, There's a lot of opportunities for Charlotte still on SmackDown Live. And it just, again, Natasha, Natalia, I think you have to just completely end that and move on, move towards a Becky Lynch, move towards a Naomi. Uh, you, you have to do something else besides Natalia an and Charlotte. It's just, it's so repetitive right now. Yeah. And
2: when we were done with the with SmackDown review, remind me to talk about The Miz taking time off and, and yeah. the new Marine movie, which was just announced this morning with also starring Shawn Michaels and Becky Lynch. So oh. Becky is going to be off a of TV oh, too. Okay.
1: Ever, but... I, lo- I love the Marine series. I uh, <laughs> reason to love it more. You're the one. <laughs>
2: You're the one. <laughs> You're the one they keep making these movies for.
1: Marine three or was it four? One of them was like kind of a solid. Marine three was kind of a solid B action movie. Marine Marine four was a eh. Marine five is just
0: silly. You and the tens of fans, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's. I would say
2: this. I, I did. I didn't think the first uh, twelve rounds was bad. They had sent me a screener for that, and I didn't think that that one was bad.
1: Well, the problem with that movie, it's not. I mean, Aiden Gillen from Game of Thrones and The Wire great villain they actually that they kind of that was a get for them in hindsight but the problem was that you're trying to do a diehard movie and then you have john cena at his biggest walking around looking sort of clunky just out of place compared to all these other people you just don't buy it that he's like an everyman cop who has to face off against a terrorist
0: i i, I checked out of wb network uh movies or wb movies studio movies after the chaperone so you know you I mean, saw that the was, chaperone that was, <laughs> I want to say no. I want to say no. But- <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember I, I watched that Blade movie because Triple H was in it. And,
0: yeah. uh Oh, Blade Three.
1: I love Blade
2: Three. Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah. it, that you know. <laughs> I, I I you know when you have wrestlers in non WWE movies, it's a lot yeah. better.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's weird. Triple Triple H has had quite a career. It's strange when you see the flashbacks. Even I was watching Wrestling with Shadows uh, again two weeks ago uh, for the anniversary. And yeah, it's just back with the long hair. I mean, he just, he seems like such a different person now, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hard to believe that he uh, did so much acting. Um,
2: I wouldn't say so much. <laughs> so, well, he had, yeah, those opportunities.
1: Um, so let's talk about the main event last night, which was the Handicap Lumberjack match, the New Day versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, most of the roster at ringside, we saw Mike Kanellis. We saw the Colognes were there. The Shining Stars shine on, folks. Um <laughs> They were ringside for this, and uh, it was a chance for the roster to get some uh, beatdowns on Sammy and Kevin. The match happened, who came to their uh, rescue, kind of, sort of, at the end of Rusev and Aiden English after that backstage segment. Um, Speaking of which, did you guys notice that when they were talking backstage to Rusev and Aiden English, that Sammy said to Aiden about the New Day, they think you're a terrorist to aiden english
0: i thought they said terrible singer that's what i thought it was
1: too but i noticed online people also heard terrorists oh
0: really oh i didn't i didn't pick that up i heard the terrible singer thing wow aiden english wow okay (laughs) yeah i mean
1: sammy probably probably was meant to be terrible singer so either he flubbed it or a lot of people you know misheard it yeah um but i was like that's an interesting angle
2: yeah i i I didn't pick up i was i i figured it was terrible something but i couldn't tell what he said
1: yeah um so yeah so maybe a little faction now with rusev and aiden teaming up with sammy and kevin chris i bricks go-
2: has it real quick chris bricks has an interesting question in the chat remind me to get to that when we when we're done with this too go ahead josh
0: yeah no i was just going to say um I, I wouldn't be against the idea of having rusev and aiden english help out and aid um you know kevin owens and sammy zane um i like zane and owens by themselves so i don't want to see them each week helping you know rusev and english and back and forth um, but you got to have somebody. Obviously, you got to have somebody help them out because there's faces in their heels. Um, ultimately, though, the main event, I thought, uh, really showcased what SmackDown is trying to do and is trying to, I think, begin to develop stables. Like you said, Glenn, this could be the beginning of uh, something that we're going to see maybe that they feud with the New Day. And when you look at the tag team division without the New Day, you have the Usos, the Bludgeon Brothers, and then Chad Gable and Benjamin. So you got to have the New Day do something. So why not use them with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? Continue that feud more because I think you can get more out of that. Yeah. And the
1: match with New Day last night was was all right. I mean, it was solid. Yeah. But they're already running this into the ground. I feel like, you know, this was, what, third time we've seen some face-off
0: in this configuration? I think it's many weeks too, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would love to see more of a Big E singles push, not – a. You know, splitting from the New Day, but really focusing on Big E as the singles guy and Woods and Kofi as the tag team. If they want to put them in the tag team division, that might freshen things up, giving Big E, um, you know, matches with Kevin Owens, with Sami Zayn, even guys with like Randy Orton, and just uh, freshening up what Big E does because it'll keep the New Day fresh. And it's amazing that the New Day is still something. I mean, after all the success they've had.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. I, I felt like Big E's always kind of had that an it factor to him that he could, oh, he could be sure. a big single star.
1: Bring back the five count. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but did you think last night? Okay. So they had that, they had the lumberjack match. Um, the beatdown happened. Sammy won with the roll up. Sammy won. Uh, Kevin bolts through the crowd to get <laughs> out of there. Um, Sammy gets beat up. Uh, Real quick, before you, you
2: before should... you say anything, I want to ask you this. Yeah. Who Who thought Daniel Bryan was turning heel? Did oh. any of you?
0: A little bit. There was a piece of me that thought that'd be cool, but then I said, oh, if it's cool and it's logical, then no, it's not going to happen.
2: Because <laughs> it seemed yeah. like they were kind of teasing that a little bit where Shane's like, oh, you're going to fire him. And it was clear Daniel wasn't. And then uh, with the NXT uh, ladies attacking, you know, Daniel's like, uh, "You know, I, I can't tell you why they're here or, or no yeah, comment. Yeah,
1: that was weird that he was like, not no chastising, no criticism, just like, Man, what are you going to do?
2: Yeah, yeah, and it they made it seem like there was gonna be something with Daniel Bryan at this end, or I, at least I took it that way.
0: Well, I think something comes out of Daniel Bryan. Um maybe in a couple of months. I'm still I'm still a believer that there could be a potential Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania. I'm still gonna I, beat that drum until you know, until, until other, <laughs> Yeah, until it doesn't happen. Yeah. So I was actually surprised when he
1: was talking about the backstage thing that they didn't reference the Nexus attack and him saying, you know, I've been there before and I understand that sometimes you just get so frustrated you have to, you know. Tear it up and assert your place, you know. I mean, or something. Um,
2: yeah, they never, they never go back to mentioning the Nexus. Yeah, you, you notice that, like with none of those guys.
1: Yeah. But with Randy Orton, I mean, last night they showed the clips of Ric Flair. I mean, so it's like Evolution, Legend Killer. Like they'll talk about all, yeah. like they selectively pick out things uh, yeah. from their continuity and history. I thought the strangest thing, and I actually think the last night that this was punishment for whatever supposedly happened on the European tour, but actually having Kevin Owens get down on his knees and beg. To not be <laughs> fired,
2: I, I, mean, I could see Owens having that idea to, to get yeah, down yeah. and beg because that I thought was that thought was funny.
1: Isn't that what Vince McMahon thinks is like the ultimate emasculation?
2: <laughs> Probably,
0: yeah. yeah
1: I, I, I mean, I, I like that
0: idea though. I, I, I like the idea of Kevin Owens being humble and being and, and like I think that could have been something that he thought of, or one of the writers were like, you know what, let's do this. And he's like, you know what, that's actually pretty funny because he knows that that's going to troll the internet fans and people are going to think that. So maybe mission was accomplished. You're not the only person that has said that for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Um, So an odd SmackDown. SmackDown, I feel like a lot of weeks. It's either average or odd. Occasionally really good. Um, But Clash of the Champions coming up in a couple weeks. Arcade coming up this weekend after the Thanksgiving holiday. And And, uh,
2: uh, Wrestling Inc.'s Chris Calicut will be going to that and covering it for the site, posting photos on Twitter, and he'll have a report on the site right after.
1: Yeah, so uh, this is where SmackDown's at, folks. Strap in. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's
2: fallen greatly. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, Raj, what else is up in the world of wrestling?
2: All right, so Chris had an interesting question. Who, who, he, who in WWE or NXT, or just wrestling in general, is under 32 that could realistically be the face of the company? Mm. Dean Ambrose is 31, but... Face of the company, it, I don't see they it. Tried it. <laughs> they did, but they didn't necessarily book him the best either. Um, he, he would need to like change his look and stuff up a little
0: bit. I think that's a good question, though. Um, wow, I mean, all the guys that you could see carrying the carrying the show are over 33, 34 years old. Um,
1: There's huge potential in people. I think Patrick Clark has huge potential to be a top star.
2: I, I think he'd be a top star. As far as face of the company, I, I almost think he'd have to change his drop the gimmick a little to.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Be,
2: because that it's, that's not a uh, top but baby he, face. He's
1: 22 gimmick. though. Think about five years from now where we could be that some modified version of that could work. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, tastes and styles change.
2: Yeah, but. no, I, I definitely agree. I think he'll, he'll be, he can be a, a top guy. Alistair Black, I think, is just too um, too small for Vince's taste to yeah. to go with as the face of the company.
1: Especially the whole satanic thing. That's normally not what you deem, like doing Make-A-Wish. <laughs> so well, Undertaker. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm just wishing <laughs> Black doing Make-A-Wish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But Undertaker, when he, Undertaker was real-facing, the I mean, American badass, that yeah. shift happened when he was I mean, really mainstream.
2: Yeah, I mean, realistically, it's got to be someone with some size. Um, because that's what Vince ultimately sees as a top guy, drew McIntyre. I don't see it. I just don't think he has that no. promo ability and charisma. Yeah, I see him being a top guy, but not the guy. I um, mean, you know, when people complain about Roman, uh, it's not like they have a ton of other options. Um,
0: they really don't especially under like 32 years old that's true yeah as that's far as like, young guys that's like the best way to put it rosh like
1: well they don't have a lot of other options that's like could you imagine like proposing to your wife and be like, well, like you don't have a lot of other options you know, so
2: but roman you know he's yeah. he's really good in the ring no matter what people say he's sure. really good in the ring and he's got the look he he stands out um his promo ability isn't the best, but it's better than a lot of guys. Um, you know,
0: there, there's two guys that actually come to mind. I think they're both like 30, maybe 29, 30 years old. Elias um, and Big Cass. Obviously Big Cass because of the size, and you saw a pretty big push with him. It didn't really connect um, because I don't think people were ready for Enzo and Cass to break up. And then when you saw Cass's horrible music and horrible trunks. But when he comes back, I think he's going to be somebody that's interesting. And Elias can use this gimmick for a while um he's very entertaining people still are interested in seeing him this gimmick won't make him the face of wwe but his size i think his ability in the ring and and the way he can connect with fans i think i think he has the potential to be somebody that wwe leans on maybe not the face of the company but um somebody that they can really rely on for main events and then you know
2: People are 80. mentioning Adam Cole and Kenny O'Banga. I, I just again the size thing, and it's not again that's not me talking. That's what you see WWE gravitating to, and I just don't see they think they have that.
1: Um, Mojo's thirty-one. Aiden English is thirty. I no, mean, with
2: Mojo, I don't see, I don't see either of those <laughs> guys. Remember,
1: that was the chatter. That was the rumor for a long time with Mojo. Like, oh, they think he's the next Cena
2: no yeah i <laughs> yeah. sure as so
0: hell
1: hope not yeah uh aiden would need to be seriously repackaged uh,
2: mojo would have to just re- he'd, He. i mean mojo has something where if he can get rid of the annoying y- you know that his personality
1: he's got that goofy charisma he,
2: he, where it doesn't come off as a star uh, it comes across as just annoying and you don't want to watch it um this is right re- this is a really hard question i can as far as the actual you know like a cena like the guy i don't see anyone in all of wrestling maybe um oh. how old is uh, eli drake hmm let's take a look
0: yeah that's a
1: good question here we go tyler breeze is 29 years old
2: oh wait <laughs> wow he's 29 but tyler Eli drake is 35 dang
1: tyler's oh, got a great look he's very charismatic again he would need some serious repackaging um, Again, the
2: the size thing. He's a, yeah. a smaller dude, um, and I just don't. He just does. He doesn't have that tough guy. He doesn't sound like a tough guy. He, you know, Vince likes you know like alpha male. Uh, I mean, there are some exceptions like Sean. Even when Shawn oh, Michaels became became Sean Michaels became the face Michael. of the, but when he became the face of the company, he was he wasn't you know uh, uh, a flashy pretty boy. You know, he had grown the facial hair and was doing the DX stuff and. You I know. still,
1: when I was watching Wrestling with Shadows, every time I see the footage of Sean, it's just like, how did this, how did this get over? How is this the gimmick? How was everyone not, I mean, everyone talks about Goldust being so provocative and grabbing his time. I'm like, how was Sean not getting that, you know, at the time?
2: Oh, Sean, yeah, I mean, Sean pushed uh, DX, they pushed the, you know, when it was Sean yeah. Triple H in China, they really pushed, you know, pushed the envelope there. Oh,
1: definitely. Uh, that which stuff we talked about this before, but outside of the clips they show on Monday Night Wars, if you go back and watch those actual episodes, a lot of that humor is really not aged well. Yeah. Um,
2: People are saying in the chat, Big E, I could see Big E being a star, I don't see him being the face though. It's and he's 31, he's 31. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Lars Sullivan, I could see him being a big star again. I don't, I just don't see it from as the face but of the company,
0: not a face of the company. Yeah, I think Reigns is the face of the company for a while, then somebody that we don't know about. Ends yeah. up coming, you know, making a fast track to the main roster. And then everybody complains, oh, this is the guy they want as the face. And then everybody <laughs> hates him. And because yeah. we've seen him multiple times. Yeah, I mean, I think all these guys that we're throwing out names like Biggie, like Lars Sullivan, I mean, you know, they have potential to be really impactful, but I don't see them as the face of WWE. Yeah. I just, it's, it's hard for me to see that. Yeah.
2: Someone's saying Rusev. I think Rusev could be a huge star, but oh, same I thing. I don't Rusev, think, yeah. you know, I think he's great, but not face. Yeah. um so the Miz is out for a while yeah um you yeah, we should ask matt morgan that too on monday and see what he says um but yeah so the the Miz um is, is filming the marine becky lynch apparently is too um so that's why he dropped the title to roman reigns on rob this past monday night so he's not gonna be around for probably the next month
1: yeah which is funny that they're they could shoot a marine movie in a month <laughs> I mean typical like production cycle. Yeah.
2: Well, you got to think probably no mistrage on TV either. Yeah, the Miz, that's that's one where it it does hurt the product because he he adds he adds a lot on the show. Like he's really entertaining.
0: Well, especially for a three-hour and ten-minute show each Monday night, you can, I mean, even though you have Miz TV and like, oh, okay, here we go, Miz TV again, but it's, I mean, 10 or 15 minutes of your of your segment filled up instead of seeing maybe the second cruiserweight uh, <laughs> yeah. segment of the night or, or seeing a squash match uh, or a Titus O'Neil storyline or feud. Uh, I'm going to miss the Miz for the time he's gone, but I think it's going to be a good thing because when he comes back, um, I think that that's a really good opportunity. If they really want to push him back up to the main level, maybe not against Brock Lesnar, but back up to – you know, uh, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, guys like that, that they've had him at. Um, he's going to be come back fresh. He's going to have the Miz with them, and it's just you know, you're going to miss the Miz, especially for a long three hour show. For you know, if he's gone uh, for four or six weeks. Yeah.
1: Marine Six, man. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know where they're going to take this franchise.
0: How do you think it ends? <laughs> that's what I'm wondering. In part
1: five, he was a security guard now or like an EMT or something. Oh, I, I don't know. No, yeah, he's an EMT because that's right because the Maurice, spoiler, Maurice dies in like the first five minutes of <sighs> the Marine Five. Uh, he, and and the MISTIRAGE was been. in
2: the Marine Jeez. Five, weren't they? Yeah, and,
1: and they got killed so they're not coming back for part six. <laughs>
2: oh, oh, damn, they could have done something with them. Maybe they could be zombies, have a have a post-apocalyptic Marine I'm movie. I'm
1: surprised. Actually, that was actually pretty sweet. Um... <laughs> oh man but yeah no with the with the Miz gone um there's gonna be a void but you know maybe now we'll see with Paige back maybe we'll see a little more with the women's division um which is still small i don't know if you guys uh see this online i forget her name but she does these uh ron smackdown breakdowns i follow her on twitter and she does like infographics and it's still something like the women's division is getting like maybe 12 percent of tv time each week uh if that so that's one area where they could easily increase the screen time with the Miz gone.
0: Yeah, or something like you know, giving Elias more of a just a storyline <laughs> or a feud to work with, or or giving Matt Hardy something. I mean, that feud's interesting. It's not really the best feud ever, but if you give those guys more time, I think people would be okay with that too.
2: I and mean, you do something with Matt. You know, he's being wasted, and yeah. with your lack of the lack of depth overall in the company, I, I feel like just use, utilize him. He doesn't have to be broken, but but he's he's reinvented he had reinvented himself in the past and in ROH when he was doing that rich prick gimmick and Big Money Matt <laughs> yeah I'm Big Money Matt so uh, you know I'd like to see them tap into that creativity of his a little bit
1: yeah we shall see so Marine Six coming direct to digital probably not even DVD by the time it comes out they're just like we'll put it on iTunes yeah although <laughs> oh, who have,
2: real quick uh, Hideo Itami they announced oh, 205 he's to two hundred five live. So, yeah.
0: It's going to be interesting to see if Hideo Tommy can do anything to move the needle for them. I think the only guy that you thought could move the needle is Enzo Amore. And what was Enzo Amore? He was all character, very little wrestling, because they have a ton of good wrestlers on that show. We know that. From yeah. the Tony Nises to the Cedric Alexanders and all the way down to the Rich Swans and TJP and all those guys. Um, I like Hideo Tommy, but he was never my favorite in NXT because, again, he is not a guy who connects with the crowd more than just in the ring, and they already have a lot of those guys. Uh, I think he becomes cruiserweight champion. Probably he's the guy that takes the title off of Enzo. Um, He's going to help it. He's definitely going to help Monday Night Raw if they continue to spotlight the cruiserweights there as they've been doing. Um, He has a name. He has a following. His run in NXT just wasn't what anybody expected, and that, I think, overall hurt his stock for WWE.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's – I think 205 Live is just uh, it's career purgatory. Um, At least, well, you know, Enzo benefited. I I, I don't know if he benefited. At least he's not getting destroyed every week on TV. He wins here and there now. But um, someone saying Rockstar Spud, he's on his way. He's he's someone. Yeah, that could be a character, but. Nothing. I the...
0: Yeah, I think Rock, I'm sorry, Rockstar Spud. Yeah, I think he could be very entertaining for for the cruiserweight division. He could be a guy that really pushes Enzo Amore to some new creative heights. I I, I really liked him in TNA.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, props to Enzo on this that they essentially gave gave him 205 Live. Um, and made him the star of the show, and I think it has reinvigorated it. Mm-hmm. A bit to where more people are talking. I mean, before he came there it was really nothing yeah it was nothing I mean even with uh with Neville because I think after uh Aries left Neville was just kind of what do you have to do you know yeah. face off against TJ Perkins every week I mean Part of the TJP.
0: I mean,
2: <laughs> I think Neville should be on the main roster when he comes back on SmackDown. I think so too.
0: Give him 210 pounds and let him, uh, yeah, work in the mid card. I think he'd be a great guy to potentially you know, become Intercontinental Champion. I think he has the talent for it. I think his heel uh, characteristics and the way that they booked his heel being so dominant for so long, which is really why I hated how he dropped the title. Um, after just completely mowing through everybody and then dropping the title to Kalisto well, a week and a half or two weeks, or whatever it was before SummerSlam. Yeah. It was just a horrible booking decision because you've basically buried every single cruiserweight, not buried, but you basically have, um, I guess I'm going to use that term buried every other cruiserweight except Neville from him winning, but he was the only guy that deserved it. Every other guy was just okay. They were great in the ring, but their characters and their connection with the crowd were just okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, if anything is proven time and time again, character is more important ultimately.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, you see, Braun. Braun's not great in the ring by any means. I mean, he's yeah. probably the most over guy right now. Because what he, his does, promos he does is he does
1: well. well <laughs> yeah. But what's his problem? He just comes hanging on you know? Right. Like, he growls. Like, oh, they get it. They love him. You know, and remember Raj, I mean, the average WWE fan has a problem, you know, such a problem making it to their car without dropping their pizza,
2: pizza droppers, <laughs>
1: uh, simple folk.
2: Do you see the, did you see any pizza, the pizza dropping insurance was commercial last, during Smackdown? Was Absolutely. Yeah. There's yeah. all of them all
1: over.
0: Six and I went on the nine. website
1: because I thought for a second, I was like, maybe this is Domino's being clever. Maybe this is like sort of a lampshade yeah. thing, right? I no, on, on the on the website, it's uh, terms and conditions. Your pizza must be returned in its original packaging and mm-hmm.
0: uneaten. You cannot uneaten, eat yeah. the drop pizza. <laughs> That's the fine print at the bottom, too. I yeah. pause it. I you like
2: really that they have to put that in there because
0: <laughs> you know WWE fans. It's like
2: one slice like, left.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna drop my pizza, bring it back. They're gonna have to give me another one.
2: It's just like,
1: oh god, it's this is where we're at, folks. This is what Domino's thinks. 2017,
2: <laughs> Yeah. You're- pizza insurance
1: (laughs) man. it sees that commercial it's like (laughs) i drop my pizza all the time and papa john's a pizza tell me to step but man domino's has my back that'd be funny if they
2: charge for it like what a what a scam that would be it's like a a dollar for pizza insurance and a dollar extra for pizza insurance (laughs)
1: Uh, It's weird, too, because I feel like, especially with what we do in this podcast and the internet wrestling community, I feel like fans are smarter about the business and just come from all different demographics. You know, and when I see something like that. Well, I I, I think
2: this is on everywhere. It's not just wrestling. Oh, it is.
1: I know, I know. But the fact that, like, (laughs) we talked about this uh, at the end of the podcast the other night, but when you see what they advertise on WWE, it's just like the lowest common denominator stuff, uh, which is weird to me given how diverse wrestling fandom is now
2: oh yeah they they don't get enough credit
1: yeah absolutely man uh so anything else we should cover before we take this home here
2: uh no i think i think that about covers
1: it um cool. so it, josh where can people find your stuff online
0: yeah so i'm at josh eisenberg4 on twitter and um, all over wrestling inc uh doing some videos coming up and we're gonna be doing some really exciting uh videos released pretty much once a week uh for some top five lists um along with some other things that are coming in the future so it's definitely exciting
1: Cool, man. Raj, what should people look for this week
2: with the holiday? Oh, man, there's out. tons of stuff. This week, you know, it's Thanksgiving, so uh, it, it slows down usually a bit. And then, of course, you know, I think a couple of years ago, that was when CM Punk was on Colt Cabana's podcast that dropped over Thanksgiving weekend. So it ends up being a busy weekend. But uh, uh, yeah, so this this weekend's you know, it's going to be a little slower. We're going to put up, you know, some interview highlights that have been, you know, around for a bit. But we got new interviews with Terry Funk, Al Snow uh Gangrel that are coming up in the next couple of weeks um uh jack swagger there's gonna be more from my interview with him check out the article with swagger from earlier this week if you haven't it talks a lot about wwe pay uh you know how much it fluctuated when he was getting his push to when he wasn't uh the network pay stuff like that and um yeah so it's tons of stuff and yeah so keep checking it out
1: cool everyone well we'll be back here monday night to talk about monday night raw and uh Until next time, folks, have a great Thanksgiving. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. We'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.